0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. we look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came on a Wednesday night. I'm so glad you came on a Wednesday night. Am I? Am I going in and out? All right, well, I I can talk over, I can shout tonight if you need to, amen. Well, I just want to say I'm I'm excited for this weekend, Uh, ladies are having a women's conference, let's go, and if you're not signed up, ladies, get signed up, sorry men, life challenge, you can't come, you're not allowed, but uh, I I know it's going to be good as I was praying uh, for the weekend. Uh, this morning my time with the Lord, I, I just I really believe that this is going to be a weekend full of uh, healing. Not only physically, but I believe spiritually, emotionally, that there's going to be healing done in ladies' lives. And uh, I believe also too the word that the Lord gave me was clarity. How many of y'all know we all need clarity, right? Especially in the world we live in. And so I'm believing with all my heart that ladies' lives will be changed. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, open them to the book of James, chapter one. And uh, I've been studying the book of James, and uh, just on my own, just been going through this. I I love this book. Uh, my Bible is definitely marked up in the book of James, and um, uh, just some facts about James: it's the twentieth book in the New Testament of the twenty-seven books in the New Testament. And uh, how many of y'all know our Bibles? We, we, we need to know our Bibles. Amen. And there's four different books. If you're uh, new to studying the Word of God, there's four, four uh, the first four books, there's four different categories in the New Testament, I believe. And the first four books talk about the life of Jesus. That's what we call the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and. All right. Making sure you guys are paying attention tonight. And then we go to the book of Acts. And uh, the book of Acts is a historical book, and uh, this, is, this goes from the ascension of Jesus uh, to the first generation of the church. And the reason they call it Acts is because the same acts that were done in those days, I believe God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many all know, just like the man that was uh, at the gate called beautiful, God's still in that business today of healing lame, the blind seeing, amen, the deaf hearing. We serve a God, Jehovah Rapha, uh, the God who heals. And so then, the largest section of the New Testament is the epistles. And the word epistles, it means letters. And uh, those of you that have been coming on Wednesday nights, we've been studying the life of Paul. And a lot of those were wrote uh, by him. But then the last book is the book of Revelation, which is prophecy. Uh, Love the book of Revelation. But uh, James chapter 1 and verse 1 he says this, now Now it's going to take us a few first Wednesdays to get through the book of James here. But in James chapter 1 and verse 1, he says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve Hebrew tribes, this is amplified, scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion, greetings, rejoice. What I love about the epistles, you always know you're in the epistles when they identify who they are. Right? I just wish the writer of Hebrews would have done the same thing. When we get to heaven, we'll see who it is, all right? That's one of the first things I'm going to ask Peter when I get up there, all right? Who wrote the book of Hebrews? I think I know who it is, but uh, he's going to prove me right when he tells me who it is, all right? But in James chapter 1, in verse 1, we know this, that James is the author, and we see this about him, that he's a humble guy, that he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ, all right? The book of James here was wrote about 15 years after the resurrection of Christ. You look it up uh, historically. This is about 48 A.D. And what I love about the book of James, just personal stuff before we get into our topic tonight. It's a very practical book. It's uh, very little theology. And lots of times people think that this is James that was the disciple of Jesus. And uh, this isn't the one. This is one that was, we, we see a lot in the book of Acts. And he was actually the pastor of the church in uh, Jerusalem. And this is a pastoral epistle. And um, and how many of y'all know, that uh, even though it was wrote in 48 A.D. to the church at Jerusalem, how many of y'all know it still applies to us today, especially when you read through this? But I believe there's three big themes in the book of James. I'm going to give you the first one tonight over the next uh, First Wednesdays, I'll give you some more. But, uh, and this may be something that I may be preaching on a Sunday morning. Because the Lord's really been speaking to me about the book of James. But the first big theme is this. Go ahead and write this down if you're taking notes. But a big theme in the book of James is this. Uh, It teaches us how to face life's challenges God's way. How many of y'all know we need to know, we need to have wisdom on how to face God's challenges His way? So, the... First theme would be face life's challenges God's way. Now we get to verse 2, and this is, a, uh, this is a biggie. This is a great scripture. It says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Say that one more time. Are you ready? How many of y'all going through a trial right now? I learned this when I was young. I forget who said it. I think it was an older older lady in the church. I've probably heard it more than that. But I remember the time that it stuck. You're either in a trial. You're coming out of one. and Or you're going into one. And so how many of y'all know we need to learn how to deal with trials in our life? Because the enemy. The Bible says in John 10 and verse 10. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But God comes to what? To give life. And life more abundantly. And so. We see in verse 2 here, consider it nothing but joy. I love the Amplified translation. It says, my brothers and sisters. If you're a brother and sister in here, say amen. Amen. It says, when you fall into various trials. Then verse 3, he said, be be assured that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And then verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect result. And do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. So he says right here, be assured that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Consider it nothing but joy. I love that, nothing but joy. How many of you know trials in our life is when our trust is tested? Right? A trial in your life, and we're going to really pick this apart tonight. And when you're really going through a challenge or a spiritual challenge, but honestly, if you're a believer tonight, you know this, that every challenge you go through, it really is a spiritual thing. Say that one more time. Because y'all didn't get what I was going right there. Challenges that we face in our life, uh, when you're a believer, you begin to pick up on this real quick, that it's not just a challenge, it's a spiritual challenge. We've been studying Ephesians chapter 6 where it says, We wrestle not against flesh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers over darkness, against wickedness in high places. And if you haven't been with us in the morning time, we see this. When you study those words out, that means the enemy is strategic, he's planned, he's committed. How many of y'all know we as believer needs, believers need to be strategic, strategic, planned, and committed? Amen. We don't need to just be a Christian on Sunday morning, but God's called us to live this life worthy to the call. Amen. And so a challenge. Um, how many of y'all know when we face a challenge, I was thinking about this, the enemy has a plan, but God has a plan. We need to do everything that we can to tap into what God has in store during this challenge. Because the enemy one is going to be really loud, but how many of y'all know we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords? The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 28, this is a great scripture, and we know that all things, all things, everybody say all. I know what that means in Texan. It means all. Things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. When your trust is tested, I believe this, it, it produces something called endurance. When your trust is tested, when you, when you stick to the plan that God has in store for you, your, your trust is um, it gets tested, uh, but when your trust is tested, it produces endurance. And endurance, what is endurance? Well, I wrote down what I think it is. It's a stick-to-it mentality. It's like a bulldog grabbing a hold of something and not letting go. When you have endurance, that means this, that you're not giving up. Come on, who's with me tonight that you're not going to give up? You're not going to throw in the towel? You're not going to retreat? You're going to keep going forward? The high calling God has in store for you. He, you know, in this scripture right here where he says, uh, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. I believe he's talking about trials of many kinds. How many of y'all know there's different levels of challenges that we face all the time? Maybe every week. All kinds of levels. Maybe like something breaking down. How many of y'all know that's a challenge? Like you weren't expecting your washer or dryer to break down, and luckily, you know, that's only about 2000 bucks to fix. Or maybe it's another level of that. Maybe it's you getting laid off from your job, or maybe you getting uh, uh, brought down in a position or something like that. Maybe it's an emotional challenge that some of you have been feeling like rejected, You've been feeling betrayed inside of your heart. In fact, y'all be here this weekend, uh, the Lord has really put it on my heart, talking about this and attitudes, dealing with emotions. So uh, I kind of had a catchy phrase, I believe this is the Spirit of God, but dealing with the Blues, brother, all right? How many of y'all seen the Blues Brothers? It's a very spiritual show, you should watch it, all right? Dan Aykroyd, come on somebody. I might even just wear a fedora and do a dance for you guys. Maybe it's another level. Maybe it's, maybe it's something of attack inside of your marriage or it's a spouse that's been unfaithful. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. How many of y'all know that's a challenge that we face when we have a loved one that's died maybe too early? Maybe it's the challenge of you are sick or you hear of somebody else is sick. You've had the phone call before. I, I've told you guys this story many times before of how... I was shoeing horses at the vet clinic, and I'll never forget it. Of I, I couldn't even grip a hammer. It looks like somebody—my hands always look like that, but uh, it looked like somebody had put, um, blew it up like they were blowing up a tire. And I couldn't even grip my hammer to finish a horse. My apprentice at the time had to finish the horse. Went to the doctor. Long story short, told me that my rheumatoid factor was through the roof. They began to treat me for rheumatoid arthritis. Well, at the age of 30 years old, how many of y'all know that as a challenge of? I've made my living shoeing horses all these years. I can't. I cannot believe this. But God redeemed the time, and my body is healed. Turns out I was allergic to peanuts. Come on. <clears throat> but how I many of y'all you know all of these things? I could go on and on about a list of challenges that all of us face on a weekly basis or a daily basis. This is all real life. Can you just think back to the pandemic for a second? All right? Remember that March or that April, we were, in, uh, we were in Florida at the time. They closed down Disney World, and I said, what in the world is going on around here? Walking around the, uh, the, the airport and stuff, people wearing masks and all this different stuff. I really wasn't paying attention of what really was happening. But I just remember, y'all remember during those times, it was like, oh, it's going to get better, and then it collapsed, and then it'd get better. And all these things, I don't know about y'all, but there was emotions in my heart. Of like, what's going to happen to this economy? What's going to happen? Are we ever, you know, is people ever going to come back to church? Uh, All of these things. But how many of y'all know it was like a roller coaster ride? That's challenges. And I'm just telling you, even when you face those kind of challenges, the Bible says this. Consider it nothing but joy. I'm going to say it one more time. I hope you get it in your hearts today. Let's say it together. Consider it nothing but joy. Joy. Come on, let's say it one more time because we're going to get it inside of our hearts. Consider it nothing but joy. Amen. So when this comes in waves, James is, James is saying this. No matter what you are facing, consider it nothing but joy. So I want to give you some practical tips uh, to help us out tonight. And uh, before we talk about the how, let's talk about the Why? Let's understand the big picture. Uh, so here's the question I want to ask you tonight. Why is facing life's challenges God's way important? Why is facing life's challenges God's way important? All right, here it is. Because it will ter- determine. I wrote down three. There's probably more. Because it will term- determine this. Why is facing life, life's challenges God's way important? Because it will determine, number one. Who you trust for your life? Who you trust for your life. You know the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. How many of y'all know in these hard moments you make a decision? When When you're faced with something, whether that phone call, whether in your marriage, whether in your finances, whatever it is, am I gonna go left? and handle this on my own and figure this out on my own or am I or or am I going to am I going to continue to take matters in my own hands or am I going to go over here and say God I trust in you that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus am I going to say you heal my mortal body my, the Bible says in Psalm 103, and verse 20, that you sent your word and you healed me and delivered me from all destruction. Am I going to stand over here and say Isaiah 53, 5 says the chastisement of your peace was upon me and that by your stripes I am healed. Am I going to when somebody tells me I can't do something, am I going to am I going to go over here and try to figure it out on my own saying, no, I can't do that. Or am I going to build myself up in Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? When I'm in fear, I'm going to say God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Are you hearing me tonight? When we're afraid, when, when we feel like things are against us, we're going to say that God will keep his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. That no evil befalls me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Or are you going to go left and, 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 and say, you know what, I am sick. This is what, what is happening. Or are you going to stand over here and trust in the Lord and say, you know what, I'm going to stand in faith. Are you guys hearing me tonight? Am I talking to myself tonight? Come on, we're talking about it all joy when we go against these things. We need to remind ourselves, this too shall pass. Isn't it amazing lots of times that we blow up about challenges or when our trust is tested and we go through something. We can't even see ourselves getting out of it. And then you look back six days later and say, I can't even believe I made a big deal out of that. Am I the only one that's ever done that before? Come on, we act in drama, put it on Facebook and blow it up like there's no way we're going to get out of it. But we always see that God makes a way when there seems to be no way. Are you hearing me tonight? Come on, who came to have church on a Wednesday night? Here's number two. Why is facing life's challenges God's way important? Because number two, it will determine the direction for your life. It will determine the direction for your life. How you face that challenge will determine the direction of your life and where it will go. James chapter 4 and verse 7, he says this. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, I grew up in a very charismatic Pentecostal home. Went to a Pentecostal church. Very charismatic. And I remember people saying, resist the devil. uh. you know, you can't even say that scripture was saying, oh, uh, on the end of it. Standing up on a chair and say, resist the devil. uh, and he will flee uh, from you. Uh all right. Hey, but you know what I've learned in my life is this. When you submit to God, resisting the devil comes easy. How many of y'all know we need to live a life that is submitted to the Lord? You can't take that part of the scripture out because that's the most important piece. Because you can't resist the devil unless you first submit to the Lord. How many of y'all know we need to stay submitted to Him? Stay submitted to Him. So the direction for your life. When you give it to God, you will begin to see the spiritual value of that challenge. Of God's taking me places. That I may be backed up in a corner, but God's doing something inside of my character. God's doing something inside of my, uh, my integrity. God's giving me wisdom now because the thing I face now, whether I get an A or an F on this, is whether or not I advance to the next level that God has in store for my life. How I many of y'all know we need the direction? God's direction. I want to ask you the question, are you moving in the right direction right now? Right now. Here's the third one. So who you trust for your life. Number two, direction for your life. Why is facing life's challenges God's way important? Because it will determine, number three, influence of your life. Can I tell you this as a Christian? The minute you tell your neighbor that you are a Christian, you are an example to the world. People are watching how you handle things. How many of y'all know this matters? Let me say that one more time. This matters. Many of y'all know this. June 24th, 2022, about midnight at the Bennett household. We had some screeching of tires come around and heard a loud bang. Didn't realize that a car going about 50 miles an hour hit our daughter's car, and launched it into our living room. <clears throat> Literally into our living room. Pastor Brandy comes around the corner. She said, someone's stealing our car. <laughs> at the time, we had a, we had a, uh, a Yukon, a white Yukon, and, and there was a white Yukon, and it was backing up at the time. And so I did what every Texan American would do. I ran outside in my underwear with a pistol loaded, ready to get my car back. <laughs> God bless Texas, amen? And so I ran outside, and, and uh, this young lady gets out of the car, and she comes to the front, and she, she begins to tell us she'd been drinking very heavily. Pastor Brandy had already called 911. Many of you have already heard this story. But uh, what happens next is hard to tell. Some thought it was heaven. Others thought it was hell. But the facts that something was among us was plain to see, all right? And so uh, she goes away. They take the car. We have a big hole in the side of her house. I know this uh, particular lady that hit our home. I know her husband. I call her husband. He doesn't answer the phone. He calls me the next morning. He says, were you trying to call me last night? I said, I was. (laughs) Where's your wife at? I don't know. She didn't come home last night. I said, well, I know where she is. I'll just go ahead and tell you where she is. And uh, long story short, I mean, he's very broken about the whole deal. I said, when she gets out of jail, you bring her to my home immediately. Because we want to show her the grace, love, and mercy of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Can I tell you that God has rebuked the devourer for our sake? Not one dime of insurance had to be paid. Addison now, she went from driving a 2,000 what? 2006 Nissan uh, to now driving a 2012 Toyota. Uh, I mean, all all of it was completely taken care of, not one dime out of our pockets. But what God did was God set up a relationship for me and Pastor Brandy for multiple times for us to share the gospel with this couple. They've turned their life around. God is doing amazing things there. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you... It was real hard at that big challenge in our life because here's the deal. Your neighbors, when you're standing in your underwear with a pistol in your hand because it wakes up the whole neighborhood. How many of y'all know your life is an influence? Amen? Your life is an influence. I remember telling the neighbors, God's going to turn this around. You watch. He's going to turn around. He's going to turn around, and he did. And actually, God's given us great friends out of all of it. Uh, it, it's just amazing, you know, just um, what God has done there in, in the friendship that the Lord started. But it could have been way worse than that if we would have went the enemy's way rather than God's way. I'm going to say that one more time. It could have been a whole lot different if we would have went the enemy's way rather than God's way. I want to ask you this. What kind of influence are you having on those around you? Is your life pointing people during your challenge that you're going through? Is it pointing people to him or away from him? Let's talk about social media just for about 30 minutes. There's so many of y'all that you want, I, I hate to say it, but you love to give the enemy glory by posting a pity party on Facebook. Amen? You should have said, preach, white boy. Say it. Come on. (laughs) But let's be an influence to the whole world. To the whole world. How about this? How about let's be an influence to our kids? When we face challenges, are we going to go God's way or the enemy's way? We're just getting started in the book of James, y'all. So, number one, we looked at the how. Why is facing life's challenges God's way? Or or we looked at the why, but now I want to talk about the how. Everybody say how. How do we do this? Number one is this, and I'm only going to be on number one tonight. Adjust your attitude. Did y'all bring boots tonight? I hope you did. How many of y'all know we need to adjust our attitude through life? How many of y'all know we need to have the right attitude in the atmosphere of our homes? You know, when you look up the word attitude, I heard this years ago. I was in the prisons meeting with, um, I was in the Clements unit actually, with Mike Barber. Many of you know his ministry. Um, In fact, we need to have him this year, honey. Have me call him. It would love to have Mike Barber, but he's a... 11-time pro bowler in the NFL, played under Bum Phillips at the Houston Oilers. But God put it on his heart many years ago and go inside the prison. He is a man of authority. Of course, when you're about six foot or eight foot tall, you just carry an authority about you. And he's as wide as this room. But I remember being in there and he had a whiteboard and he wrote up attitude to these prisoners. And when you you look at the word attitude, A-T-T-I-T-U-D-E, A is one in the alphabet, but T, I forget what number it is. T is the same number as the T before. And the I, where that is inside the alphabet. You know what attitude comes to? 100. A perfect 100. How many of y'all know attitude makes all the difference in the world? And the word attitude, it actually is a French word. And this word attitude means the what actually it was, was it was describing a sculpture that the French would look at a sculpture that had been made and they would call it attitude because it was the posture of the sculpture that was made. And how many, how many of y'all know, when you just think about an attitude, it's somebody's posture. It's somebody's perspective. And I'll tell you this, I can say this with all confidence, you can't control... Uh, there's a lot of things that you can't control, but the one thing you can control is your attitude. Do I sound like a dad right now? So I want to sound like a pastor. Can I talk to the adults like I could talk to my kids? You can't control a lot of things, but there's one thing you can control. You can control, you may can't control the thermostats in here, but Don, you can. But you can control one thing you can control your attitude. In verse 2, he says, consider it. Nothing but joy. So considering it, let's have an attitude of this. That the challenge that I am going up, the trial that I'm facing right now, I'm going to have an attitude of joy. So I wrote down some things how we adjust our attitude. Number one is this. Think about it like this. My attitude not my circumstances, will give me joy. My attitude, not my circumstance, will give me joy. My attitude, not what I read on on Facebook about so-and-so that I don't even like. I don't even know why I follow them. My attitude, not my trial, my attitude, not my challenge, will give me joy. In Psalm 118, 24, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I think about this. Some of y'all are waiting for a magical moment with everything to be perfect in a perfect moment in a perfect season. But can I tell you this? Instead of waiting for a perfect moment, you should just go ahead and tell yourself, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We may have an economy that's failing, but I'm going to say this. This is the day the Lord. The wind is blowing. But this is the day. It's blowing 90 miles an hour. 114 in Memphis. Don't you wish they had sailboats there? This is the day the Lord. Everybody say it with me. This is the day. Come on. This is the day. The Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Second Corinthians 6 2 says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the days of salvation, he's talking about what Isaiah said. I think it's Isaiah 46, 43, somewhere in there. But he says, The day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you could say this: tomorrow or or yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift from God. Oh, man. Yesterday is history. Go ahead and tell yourself that. You got that phone call yesterday. You had to deal with them kids yesterday. You had to fight the traffic yesterday. Yesterday, it's history. Tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift from God. One of the things that I sign out all the time on Facebook Live in the morning times, I say this, today is a gift, so let's use it wisely. Amen? How many of y'all thankful for the gift of today? There's a lot of people that aren't living today that wish they could, but since you're alive, you might as well make the best of it. Um, B, or B, number two. I actually wrote B on there, but I already told you one, so I have to follow suit. All right, we're talking about adjust your attitude. Number one was my attitude, not my circumstances, will give me joy. Number two is this. My attitude will change when I make the choice to change it. (laughs) Oh, it's my choice. Not anyone else or anything else. It's my choice. Uh... There's a book I've been listening to um, while I've been shoeing horses, and it's called this, The Gift by Edith Eager. I highly recommend it because Edith Eager was in the Holocaust in Germany. Sixteen years old, her and her family was in this Holocaust. And one of the things that pointed out to me, there's so many things that's so good. She tells her story in the book, and she talks about how people today don't take advantage of today, basically. Uh, She doesn't say that, but I'm saying that because that's kind of the focus of where I am at the moment. But Egeth Eager, she says this in the book. She says, trying is lying. When you say, you know, are you having a good day? I'm trying. How's everything going? Well, I'm trying. She's saying this. Trying is lying. Doing. How about you start doing rather than trying? How many of y'all know uh, this is a perspective? When you read all the things that she went through, she would say this. I'm going to choose. I know I had to just stand in line naked with a bunch of girls, and they poured stuff all over my body. I know that they're starving us for a reason. But she would make the choice. I'm not going to try to be happy today. I'm going to be happy today. How many of y'all know that's a trial? The Holocaust is a trial. That's a challenge. How many of y'all know the petty things that we go up against? If so and so didn't talk to me or somebody parked inside of my parking spot. Or somebody looked at me and glared at me inside of Walmart. Who cares? At least you weren't in a concentration camp. And if somebody in concentration camp can say this, I'm going to choose to be happy today. How many of y'all know we can choose to say, this is the day the Lord has made? Are you guys getting some out of tonight? I hope you have. Well, I love it when, when the Apostle Paul is before the king of Agrippa. In uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 2, he says, do you have any last words that you would like to say before we, you know, we find you guilty? What did he say? I think myself happy. I mean, y'all know there's times in our life we have to think ourselves happy. Amen? Here's the third one. So number one, my attitude, not my circumstances, will give me joy. Number two, my attitude will change when I make the choice to change it. And number three is this. My attitude needs continual adjustment. My attitude... Needs continual adjustment. Just like a thermostat in your home. Let, let me see a show of hands in here. You sleep with 65 degrees at night. Do y'all really? Oh my goodness. I would, we would freeze to death, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, my hat is off to you guys. How many of y'all like it right at 68? Amen. How about, how 69, okay, 70, anybody 70, all right, amen. Well, we have this rule in our home, since we pay the bills upstairs where all the kids are, we run the thermostat, amen. Uh, But downstairs, we also run the thermostat as well. But I'm gonna tell you, the thermostat for your life, you can adjust it in every season, all right? The thermostat, you can, just about, just like this, thermostat, how many of y'all know you don't run it you don't run it, uh, you don't keep the same temperature in your home, or you don't have the thermostat, you have it on heat or cold, depending on where what where you are in the season in Amarillo, Texas. Nine months out of the year, it's cold. Three months, it's hot, right? Where, yeah, sometimes, but sometimes, how many of y'all know you've got to adjust it in the same day? Are you guys hearing me? I mean, this is Amarillo, but I... I want you to think about this just for your life. Sometimes you've got, you've, you've got to switch it even on the same day in your life. And every season, we've got to make adjustments. Think about the thermostat for your life. Let's turn the thermostat to a more place of more forgiving rather than being more hard. Hey Amen. Can we do that? Rather than just being spiteful and hurtful and being fragile. Let's turn it to a place where we're going to be more forgiven. Let's turn the thermostat of our life to a place that's more flexible rather than inflexible. That is a word for somebody in the room today. You're rigid. You're hard. I believe a good leader is adaptable. Amen? Let's turn the thermostat. Here's one. Let's turn it more to the spiritual side rather than to the flesh side. Let's just turn it over. You know, rather than... uh, being led by our flesh and our emotions and our thoughts, thought life, rather than, rather than we want to say this and we want to do this and we want to watch that. We want to listen to that. Let's turn, it, let's turn our thermostats inside of our spirit more to the things of, of, of God rather than the things of this world. You know, we're going to talk about this in the book of James. But he over and over, he's talking about living a successful life in your walk with Christ. Very practical. And he, he talks about not being polluted by the things of this world. How about this? Let's turn our thermostats more to positive things. Rather than negative things. Rather than seeing the negative about somebody. Of all the things that you don't like about that person. Let's start thinking about the things. You know what? God has gifted them with this. God has put potential on the inside of them. How many of y'all know God's called us to be encouragers and lift people up? Being an influence. How about we turn the thermostat, uh, rather than being uh, uh, fragile, let's be to a place where we're more resilient. Of saying this, you know what? Rather than uh, basking in my failure, my challenge, my trial, and having everybody fall suit, and feel sorry for me. Rather, let's be resilient and bounce back. That says, you know what? I'm not going to be affected by what the enemy came, tried to come against me. I'm going to consider it nothing but joy. Nothing but joy. Let's turn the thermostat. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be a world changer. I don't know about you, but I want my family to be affected by my life. I don't know about you... But I, I, come on, I want to go to the next level that God has in store for my life. And there may be some things that I go through, but I'm going to have it launch me to what God has in store for me for the future and not pull me down and make me feel defeated because I'm a defeated foe because God has already ready won the victory. How many of y'all know the race has already been run? The victory's already been set. Let's fall suit for that. So number one. My attitude, not my circumstances, will give me joy. Number two, my attitude will change when I make the choice to change it. Number three, my attitude needs continual adjustment. And if you need your attitude adjusted, y'all just come on right up here. I got a paddle that I brought. How I many of y'all know the rod of correction will take it far from you? Amen? Come on, how many y'all get something out of the Word tonight? This is just a, hey, this is just a start. I'm, uh, this weekend, the Lord's really been talking to me about, how many of y'all know we need to deal with emotions? We need to deal with emotions. And uh, we need to feed the, the spiritual bank and not the flesh bank. Because whichever bank you deposit more money into, whatever challenge comes your way, you will take, you will have a withdrawal from the bank that's the biggest. So, I want to I wanna pull from the bank of my spirit, man, not from the bank of my flesh. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. God, I pray that you bless these people. I pray, Lord, that tonight, that this word did not fall on deaf ears. But, Lord, I thank you for the practicality of the book of James. Lord, I just pray, God, tonight, that when we face challenges, we face them God's way. Lord, I pray that we trust in you. I pray, God, that we would see the direction that it is for our life. I pray, God, that we would be an influence when we're going through these trials. That we would say, you know what? I'm going to consider it nothing but joy. Amen. I just pray for joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I just pray tonight, Lord, that we would adjust our attitudes. I pray, God, that... uh, My attitude, not my circumstances, give me joy. My attitude will change when I make the choice to change it. My attitude. God, I just pray, Lord, if it needs adjustment, Lord, I pray that you convict my heart. You convict hearts inside of this room. Lord, condemnation does not come from you, but conviction does. And I just pray, God, if there's areas in our life, maybe toward our spouse, maybe towards our kids, that our attitude is not right. I pray that our heart gets right. And Lord, that you would open up doors in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for a miracle to be done in many lives. In mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.